Chapter 38 In the Kingdom of the Hundred Thousandfold Brahma And Karmanita and Vasati entered again into existence in the Kingdom of the Hundred Thousandfold Brahma as the gods of a double star. The luminous astral substance with which Karmanita's sense of being was united enveloped symmetrically their heavenly body which was both animated by his strength and guided by his will. By the exercise of his willpower, the star revolved on its own axis, and this motion was his own individual life, his self-love. Further, Karmanita was reflected in Varsity's luster, and he in turn reflected hers. Exchanging rays, they circled around a common axis where their rays accumulated. This point was their mutual love. The circling was therefore their love life, and in the course of this they constantly reflected one another, and that was the joy of their love. Gifted with sight on every side, each was able to look, at one and the same moment, towards every point of unending space, and everywhere they saw countless star-gods like themselves, the flashing of whose rays they instantly caught and returned. Of these, there was first a number who formed with them a separate group, next other groups with which their own, formed a whole galactic system. Further, other systems which formed themselves into chains of systems. And beyond these, yet other chains and rings of chains and spheres upon spheres of chain rings. And Karmanita and Varsity now guided their binary star in harmonious flight among the other stars and double stars of their group in a graceful, multidimensional dance, neither coming too near to their neighbours nor yet removing to too great a distance. All the time, by a certain unspoken sympathy, each communicated to one another the exact direction and curvature of movement. But at the same time, a common consciousness was formed which guided their whole group into harmony with the motion of all the groups of their system, then again in turn joined in the motion of all other groups. And this harmonic sympathy with the vast swaying rhythmic motion of the stellar bodies, this universal and unceasing interchange of movement, this was their relationship to the universe, their outer life, their all-embracing and all-permeating loving activity. However, that which was harmony of movement here appeared to the gods of the air, who had their palaces beneath the star-gods, to be a harmony of sound. By participating in its enjoyment, the generations of Gandavas in the fields of paradise imitated these harmonies in their joyous melodies. And because a weak and far-off echo of these harmonies pierces to our earth, so weak that it can only be caught by the spiritual ears of the Illuminati, the seers talk mysteriously of the harmony of the spheres, and the great masters of music reproduce what they, in their ecstasy, have overheard. And this music is the greatest delight of the human family. But just as the reality of life is to its ever-dimmer-growing reflection, so too is the joy in the existence of the gods of the stars to the rapture of human beings over notes and chords and melodies. For the joy of life for the Brahma gods is simply their immeasurable joy in existing. All these movements, however, these vast roundelays of world systems, had for their centre a single object, the hundred-thousand-fold Brahma throned in the midst of the universe, the One, whose immeasurable brightness permeated all the gods of the stars, and to whom they in turn flashed back that radiance like so many mirrors of that splendour, the One, whose inexhaustible strength, like a never-failing spring, imparted life and motion to all of them, and in whom, in turn, all their motion was centred, and this was their being, 
filled with all the fullness of the Brahma, their communion with the highest God, their blessedness, their devotion, their bliss. They had in Brahma the central point about which everything else was collected. Yet this Brahma world, though boundless, was also, in a sense, limited. As the prescient eye of humanity discovered a zodiac in the dome of heaven, even in far distant ages, so too the gods of the stars saw untold zodiacs described in and around one another, weaving pictures throughout the spheres, pictures in which the most distant groups of stars resolved themselves into luminous figures, now intertwined so that one star shone as an inherent part of several figures, then again flashing in lonely exclusiveness. Objects appeared there, astral forms of all the beings that live and move on the scattered worlds, or between these, abiding pictures of the original forms of all that, wrapping itself in the four great elements, earth, water, fire and wind, ceaselessly comes into being and passes away in the changeful river of life. And this beholding of the original forms was their knowledge of the worlds. But because, being all-seeing, they were able to see that, without having to look away from this, without even the flutter of an eyelid, they were able to behold at one glance the unity of God, and the multiplicity of worlds and living beings, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the worlds thus became for them one and the same thing. If, however, human beings turn their gaze upon the divine unity, the many forms of the changing universe escape them. And on the other hand, when they look upon these forms, they can no longer hold in view the unity of God. The divine ones, however, saw centre and circle at one and the same moment. For that reason their knowledge was a unified knowledge never unstable, and a prey to no doubt. Throughout this whole luminous Brahma world, time now flowed on, silently and imperceptibly. As there is not the least movement to be perceived in a perfectly clear stream which glides quietly and smoothly along, and whose waters are neither obstructed nor broken by any resistance, so here the passage of time was just as imperceptible, because it experienced no resistance from the rise or fall of thought and feeling. This imperceptible passage of time was their eternity, and this eternity was a delusion. So also was all that it embraced, their knowledge, their godliness, their joy in existence, their world life, and their own individual life. All was steeped in delusion. All was overlaid with the colour of delusion.